0: Welcome to the Medical Necessity Podcast, where we empower your mind, body, and spirit. This show does not offer medical advice, but it will help steer you through the whitewater rapids of misinformation. And now, your guides, Katrina and Dr. Gina P.T. All right, so this is, welcome back to Medical Necessity. This is show number two where katrina and i talk about productivity because it was kind of a hot topic for us it's it stirred some real emotions and we had to write some we had to think about stuff and write some shit and um but i kind of i kind of wanted to say i i saw a piece of good news oh about about this whole pandemic (laughs) Okay. So we live not too far away from the Battelle facility out west of us in West Jefferson, and they have developed a COVID test that I think the turnaround time is five hours. Wow. And this article that I saw, which I, I think it was, um, 10 TV news. I'll have to double check that. Um, they are also expanding their lab facility to be able to process like more of them per day,
1: awesome.
0: which, which I think that is a bright spot. Yes. That is good. That is good stuff.
1: Good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That makes me happy. You're well, that's well. If I get it, take me there.
0: Here's the thing. Okay. You don't actually go t- into Battelle. Let, okay. Me, okay, let me, okay, uh, let me give you the picture here. The Battelle facility, I mean, it's out near West Jefferson. It's like in BFE. You drive down the side road. I forget what road it's on. Um, but when you pass it, the first thing you see is a guardhouse with a gate in front of the center and a big sign telling you to stop and turn back.
1: Oh, got yeah,
0: you, you don't, you don't just, you don't pop into Battelle. Got it. <laughs> there's, there's some dangerous, uh, we, we are acquainted with someone who, I don't know, she still works from there. She might be retired from there, um, but used to work there. And there, there are dangerous things there that you want to stay back behind those gates and stay yeah. away from.
1: I I still to go there. It sounds really fun to like break into, but uh, I'll I'll reframe. I'll reframe. Dude, <laughs> you to explore and tour, not to like do bad things. Okay, I take that back. Oh
0: my goodness! So basically, I'm going to. You know what? I don't. Would they even? You know, with all the with the tone of the mood and the tone of things right now, I don't think I would even be able to bail you out. I think, <laughs> I think that would be a, you're going to just kind of go away.
1: <laughs> it's nice to know you're going to bail me out. I would have just gone. and not. Oh, totally
0: that. dude. I, yeah, totally dude. I got you. I got your bail money.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Our, our
0: attorney friend, Chris, and as we always say, yeah, I got your back. I got your bail. I'll bail you out. <laughs> well, dis- cap on the
1: money? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't discuss. Well, we didn't discuss offenses such as trying to walk into a biological research <laughs> facility. Let ah. me, let me make that clear. All we're right. talking, we're talking more motor vehicle infractions. Got it. That's me. <laughs> and just or to be portable. clear, just to be clear, Katrina is not contemplating doing any sort of federal crime against Battelle Labs.
1: Correct. I'm not.
0: We're just we're just having funsies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, <I> <laughs> <laughs> don't even don't even play. Don't even play with that.
1: True. You're right.
0: Yeah. So productivity. <laughs> oh man, um, you okay? So you know what really you know what really grinds my gears. Okay, what's that? I'll tell. I'll tell you what's the, I'll tell you what's that <laughs> productivity. Here's yeah. what grinds my gears. When I used to work for a, and this was this was even a nonprofit hospital. This was an outpatient physical therapy therapy what do I do? What do I even do? What do I have a license in? Uh, (laughs) Well, at the time I was a, I was a licensed physical therapist assistant and my, I freaking hated that my day was spent in eight minute increments. And this is because of something in insurance and physical therapy called the eight minute rule paraphrasing from the centers for Medicare and Medicaid, it basically means that you are hands, you are directly working with a patient for eight minutes. And so the way you build that unit, so then it's plus or minus. So it can be eight minutes, it can be 21 minutes, no, 22 minutes, because then 23 minutes becomes a second unit. And I know my, my physical therapist friends out there are probably going to say, no, you got the math wrong, but you get the idea that you're basically billing like in, like in 15 minute increments, but it starts at eight minutes and it goes to like 22 and then it's like 23, you know, to blah, blah, blah. Then, okay. So then you're reimbursed based upon how many units you bill. So, what productivity means to me as a physical therapist is some, um, some insurance company, some manager, some administrator coming to me and saying, You need to build so many units per day to be productive. And there are often, often the goal is um, at least 85%. I have visited facilities where they said, you have to be 100% productive, which is, which is absurd. Pa- patient care isn't straightforward, especially if you are a human being and doing things such as, you know, oh, you know, I'm working with this elderly person and they need to go to the restroom. You know, I need to help them do that. You know, I, I, you know, it's like, they want their damn pudding cup opened, you know, just stuff like that. It's like spending your day, taking care of people is not cleanly divided into eight minute units. Okay. And what further grind, gro- ground my gears grinds my gears uh, is the whole re you know the whole reason or one one of the biggest reasons that I'm in business for myself is that okay at our particular facility the director of our department would make us fill out a daily sheet of what we did you know 15 minute increments and that includes you know hey if I didn't have a patient I was reading an article. Or, you know, I was doing something. Well, here's the thing. We're educated and trained professionals. I would be doing that on my own. It makes it makes you feel real resentful when you're being treated like a child. Mm-hmm. And so that's my beef with productivity. What's yours? That's that's kind of that's what the word means to me in the immediate sense. And there's, there's the broader sense of what is going on with our society now with people, you know, well, people, people, you know, we got to get the economy going. I, I wanted to look at what you wrote because you wrote a lot about what, what does productivity mean to you? Katrina, I'm asking well, just,
1: you. Just to touch base on your uh, response. I definitely feel very sad for all of the clients there because it's kind of like, they're just moving through like a product versus as a service based on the time frame and restrictions that they're providing you. And that makes me sad. And now I see why you have the motivation and desire to change that perspective for the people that you want to serve. So I'm proud of you for that.
0: Well, thank you. That
1: that was very validating. <laughs> I didn't and I appreciate- know about a physical therapist, but I've heard that multiple times that they don't like to be in that setting for that reason. So. Now yeah.
0: I know why. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not just physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech language pathologist. I mean, it's your your doctor, your physician. I mean, they're in the they're in the same boat. My husband's um immunologist, same thing. It's like she's, I mean, she's a specialist. I mean, she travels around the world, you know, because of her skill set. And there's still someone like breathing down her neck about her productivity.
1: That's why we're on this topic today, because it's a problem. Yeah. But yeah, so I think if Eve, we're struggling on our words today. Eve.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> of productivity to be based upon an individual, but can eventually grow out into like a team setting. I never really thought of I enjoy being in a team setting. So to me, I need to be productive to make the team productive in any work setting. Um, That's kind of just something I was taught at a young age is, you know, you need to work hard because it's going to be good for you and also be good for everyone else that's involved, which makes sense. But what does that necessarily mean based on each job? Mind you, I've had a ton of different jobs before. So, but I like to think that my motivation, my productivity has stayed the same. I want to be motivated. I want to feel like what I'm, producing in this job is, um, is doing well for the company, doing well for the people I'm serving, things like that. Um, I'm glad I've found a career path that will allow me to see my direct productivity onto what I'm serving, which is my clients, personal training them, individual training, or if I eventually get into group training, I'll be able to see it's kind of like a pun, I guess they're being productive cause they're working out. Um, and I'm producing them to work out. I don't know, but, um, definitely just being able to see how we can work together as a team, but also they are productive in their sense of working out. And I'm being productive by doing the best I can to educate them to be productive on their own in the sense of working out. But Um, Going back to that team aspect, um, I think a huge factor is motivation. If you're not motivated in your workplace and also getting positive reinforcement and feedback from your bosses or people, um, even your equals, it can be hard to feel motivated and then be hard to be productive, Um, very hard to be productive. I've seen it all the time. You know, if you get into a job, you're excited about it, you're learning, Um, Training also goes into that. If you're not trained well, and you're not provided with the right resources, you won't be productive because you literally don't know what you're doing. So I think it's a huge, huge, like, realm of how things need to be done in order for someone to be productive in a team setting in a workplace. Um, You know, the training needs to be good, the positive reinforcement, good management, what the people are even doing as their job. What are they, who are they providing services for? Is this good, is this bad? You know, are, is it allowing us to be productive because we're helping people or are we hurting people? What are we doing? Um. So, but I think individual productivity is very important. And that's kind of what I wanted to focus on primarily is um, I think environment is a huge thing of how people grow up and what they learn from their parents, from their teachers, their family members, et cetera. What kind of um, example are these people setting for them? And I think also too, people fight through their environment. If they didn't have a good upbringing, they can see that they want to be productive because they want to have better for themselves. So I think that's huge too. There's really no excuse in the sense of self-motivation to lead to productivity.
0: How do you know that you're being productive?
1: True. So with being the individual and productivity, I think everyone has the right to view that on their own as what they feel is being productive. Cause I think it's also an emotion. You feel it. It's like, cleaning up something and you feel satisfied it's also when you're doing something active or mentally stimulating
0: yeah oh girlfriend I'm asking about you oh, like, me personally? oh yeah, yeah you personally you're, you're, let's get yeah let's get per- yeah. let's oh, get personal right. on this
1: um so yeah I guess when uh <laughs> now that you <laughs> I was going so broad. I always do that. I tend to always speak for everyone instead of for myself. Just like the last episode, you were like, I don't like to talk about my hobbies. Well, I guess I don't talk about me. Um, Yeah, so when I feel productive, it's usually when I have a list, I make a list for myself of things to do that day or for that week. My schedule is very busy. I train and then I also work a full-time job. So when I set aside things to do, amongst my schedule when I get those things done I feel productive when I don't I don't feel productive and the reason for that being is because those are the things that are important to me not uh-huh. my job is
0: not, yeah but
1: I'm not making time for the things that really are important to my quality of life instead I work 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 and I feel like I don't have a balance of it yet so that's something that I want to work on um, I am being productive because I'm working and I'm making money, but
0: I don't. In that like sense. I, yeah. In the economic sense.
1: In the economic sense, yes. But in yeah. the emotional well-being and quality of life, I don't feel I have a balance of that yet.
0: Yeah. What would you like to add in? Uh, so much To stuff. gain that balance.
1: So much. I want to get back into learning Spanish again. I really, abroad. yeah, I studied abroad. I took it in college. Like, Oh, early.
0: that's right. Yeah. I couldn't,
1: I, I can still speak it a little bit, but it's pathetic, but I want to go to meetup groups where they have, um, where they where they have people that uh, have grown up in Hispanic countries and there it'd be easier to speak with them versus maybe someone else of my level. Yeah. Just like read up on Spanish vocabulary and things and then I want to dance again I did take dance classes a few months back but then my schedule got really busy and then the money for that went up so yeah. I didn't afford it.
0: what kind of dance
1: all kinds ballet
0: hip-hop, hip-hop let's hop. start a dance yeah dance crew so ballet
1: mm-hmm. are yeah, you ballet as a kid.
0: so did I nice Ball- ballet tap and the people at home can't see jazz. jazz Yep. I took that
1: too. Yeah. I feel like when you're younger, you go through all the dance classes just to see. Yeah.
0: I think if you're fortunate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to do that again. And then just in general, travel would be nice, but you
0: know, it sure would, wouldn't it?
1: (laughs) I would like to just leave my house, <laughs> <for now.
0: laughs> leave our, leave our house, leave our houses and not be so anxious. So tell me what was your, what was your favorite job where you felt like you were really, you know, contributing to a really cool team?
1: Um, I would have to say, so I worked at JCPenney when, mm. when I was 16 and I was there until I was 20, and then I had gone on my study abroad, and then when I came back, I got different work, but I was there. That was my longest job I've ever had, but later on, I went back as a manager there, uh, like, five years after that, so because I had already been there for so long and built up a community with those people, like, and all the same employees had still been there versus me leaving, when I came back around and I was a manager, I still had that team atmosphere with them, but I was in charge. So it was nice because I knew them and they knew me. Because,
0: because it's like it was, it's really nice what you're saying about. I, f- I find it really interesting about the the relationship between being a productive person in the context of working with working with people you people you know and like and also providing good leadership.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's important and trusting the people that you work with enough to know that they have your back when it comes down to anything. Especially if you're working for a corporation, you know your management team is that like line between Hire up people in corporate to you, the little guy. So, knowing that you can trust them, that they have your back when it comes to your job and what you do, and helping you get promoted if that's what you want. I think that allows you to be more productive and enjoy what you're doing more, and also keeps, ret- like, prevents ret- retention in the workplace, because, you know, that's a huge issue, too. And I mean, not to, I- I don't want to get on this topic, but I also think generations have changed and the mindset of what a career looks like. So I think that also has adjusted what productivity is. We have oh
0: yeah, for sure. Hours. Yeah. Yeah, because no one no one is retiring from a job anymore.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. Especially especially not now.
1: Yeah. Right? We've had
0: we've had for some forced retire, re- we've had some forced retirements and <laughs> you uh, you mentioned like your your business and stuff like that so I can't tell you how many times um, here's here much here's how much um, practice and, and work that I need to do on self-promotion and self-promotion on my business I didn't even mention my business name in the first episode now then what what I found really interesting about the first part of our talk, is that we were talking about productivity, I think in the traditional sense of how our society has been measuring productivity. And with the world on pause, it gives us time to reflect. Well, first of all, here's the way that I feel about it, that Things, things weren't working so good. Things were broken. And it's really given me time to, you know, think about, you know, think about this whole notion um, that to be a worthwhile person, you have to be a productive person. That is kind of the narrative of day-to- day-to-day life, um, at least in, in the U.S., so yeah, that's why I sent you the question I did. And I think both of us, I think, I think it's a very it's a very uncomfortable topic to talk about because it does bring up a lot of feelings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So share with me some of the some of the things because some of the things that you that you wrote to me because it was very heartfelt. And I think also very relatable.
1: Yes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, So your question to me was, since the world is on pause, how much does your feeling of worth rely on you to be, quote, unquote, productive? So, yeah, worth. That word to me makes me sad, like, automatically. So I think I'm, I'm worth it. Like, I'm a worthy person of life. But of course, being on quarantine and all this stuff happening, I'm like, wow, you know, you don't really have time to just sit and be with your thoughts to think about how your life has been, what is going on with it until you have all this free time. So there are days I definitely feel worthless sitting at home collecting unemployment plus the stimulus. Hmm, I've never collected unemployment before. So this is a first for me. I have been unemployed, but that was after I returned home from a study abroad and I was actively looking for work. Um, Now that I'm being in this situation beyond my control and needing this unemployment money, I feel really guilty. Isn't there anything else that I can do? No, stay home, social distance. Hell, I made the choice to take a leave of absence to protect myself and my roommates. I deserve unemployment. I deserve it, right? So why don't I feel worthy of it? I pay my taxes and this money is there for a reason. I still don't feel that worthy of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where did this feeling come from? Because it came out of like nowhere only during this time. Um, Or
0: is it a matter of two? um, Because we're also a culture where doing a lot of things and being busy is very much celebrated. Being overscheduled. So when do you really have time to stop and think about things?
1: Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Finding that equal balance between your own personal growth and contributing to society by whatever career you have. Yeah, that's that's my number one thing right now is trying to just sit with that and figure out when the world, if the world resets itself or goes back to at least some idea of normal. What will that look like? I don't think it will go back. That's the wrong uh, word there because it won't go back. It's
0: different. And I'm hope you know, and I have a real hope that it doesn't go back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, I feel there's a pressure. And in fact, I saw, I saw an article going around the interwebs talking about just wait, wait until you start to see the ads for people trying to sell you things to get back to normal, you know what I mean, you know, our, our society, it's, you know, someone, someone's trying to sell you a solution, you know, a solution to your, you know, to your feelings that you're having, or, you know, what have you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, exactly, and I think our society really preaches on everything that they put out there to us. It's a good way to kind of I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to use the word brainwash us to believe that we
0: are doing these things.
1: I know. I was like, "Uh," because then my second word is conspiracy, and then I'm going to (laughs) go off the rails here, and I'm going to stop before I go anywhere. Put me back on my leash. (laughs) But no, uh, that's anyways. Yeah. So just the amount of social media and news and content that's out there, I I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on us. To have these feelings that really we wouldn't have in a more accepting society.
0: Yeah, uh, I I find it really funny. I was talking with with Phil, my my husband Phil, about this, and he can put things so much more aptly than I can, you know, and, and in fewer words. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, go Phil. Um, and he, he said something very interesting uh, because I, you know, I, I read your email that I sent and I was, I was sharing with him. I said, ah, I'm finally scratching the surface. I said, because I felt like we were really dancing around the topic and kind of talking about, you know, life, life as it, as it was be, before shelter in place, Right. You know, and we're so, and I think both of us, it's like, I, I sense so much discomfort in saying, I I think I even preface myself by saying, well, you know, you have to, you have to earn a living, you know what I mean? It's like, that is just so ingrained. Now, what Phil said that I found really fascinating is you is you and I have a sense of what we feel like when we're, when we have a productive day. I know you, you had spoken about if you, if you get a project done, that's things that are important to you. If you can get the things that are, that are important to you done, that feels like a good day. That feels like a productive day. And he said, but if you're looking at, and you know, he used me as an example, a, you know, a medical system, or a a hospital system that views your productivity is how much do you cost them? And I said, wow, Phil, you should do the interview.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That would be cool. He's
0: like, no. (laughs) Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's the one, see, he's the one working for a living right now
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because I am in self-imposed quarantine, uh, uh, not, not treating patients hands-on yeah I feel weird about it
1: that's definitely just a really big comparison there and very true to that to really make you think like uh, I just I don't know I, I could even tell when you got on when we got on and started doing this today that your mood was just lower and I was like I'm gonna come on with an upbeat mentality but at the same time like i also could start crying at any point in time like something's gonna make me cry during this podcast today just because like it's just a deep emotion that all of this stuff means and like if you really break it down enough you can get okay i'm spiraling on my emotions now cutting it off
0: No, see, that's the thing. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned brainwashing. (laughs) So the whole, yeah, the whole thing with, um, with Netflix and streaming and this, that, and the other. And it's crossed my mind. Yeah, what a way to keep people sedated.
1: Whoa, Tiger King. I mean, come on. Where did that come from? That came out of the blue. They planned this. They're like,
0: okay, Whoa. now you now you're getting into conspiracies. <laughs> I think it was just a, I think it was no. just a happy accident that we had Tiger King. Now that shows it was
1: a train wreck. It's a tragedy. <laughs> no, that is true though. Sedation, yeah, I like that word too. That they
0: use that's. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, at least in Ohio, we have our. Our two drink drive-through now.
1: What's that?
0: Wait, you haven't heard about this? Mm-mm. Do you know when you order takeout from a restaurant that serves alcohol, you can purchase two mixed drinks to go.
1: Really? I thought I knew some places offered like alcohol you could buy, but I didn't know like like mixed drinks. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, isn't it though? But again.
1: Yeah, they're trying yeah. to just numb all of our emotions.
0: <laughs> keep it, yeah, keep us from <laughs> bouncing off the walls and maybe uh, <laughs> maybe looking at our looking at our own minds and mm-hmm. sitting with our emotions and
1: I just saw something about on the news that people are protesting to stay at home. So that's also something that was concerning is when are people gonna start protesting and like getting really defiant and you know, out of control, because that's something that I think a lot of people are fearing, too, that, but again.
0: Yeah, well, so the answer to that is
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, correct, <laughs> literally.
0: <laughs> literally now, <laughs> but you and I are not protesting. No, Yeah. just
1: via this podcast, maybe a little bit.
0: Maybe a, a t- titch,
1: Protesting in a very calm and intelligent manner. Of listen to the words we have to say. Reinvent your life, moving forward. Don't go back. Move forward.
0: Move forward. I'm going. I'm going to kick in to uh, fight the power.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What is her name? Uh, the girl that does that. Uh,
0: Which for sorry. the viewer for the viewers at home. That, yeah. Katri- katrina's uh katrina's uh showing the gun show here she's <laughs> she's flexing something i've seen from my artist friends they have been awesomely um getting onto social media and providing um providing streaming and and live events do you even know who Lori anderson is no. Our, okay, I'm going to go full 80s on you for a second. Okay. Um, she uh, became, well, popular is a relative word. Okay, some people follow her, including me, during the 1980s. She is a violin player who is a performance artist. You're excited by violin players?
1: I tried to learn the violin when I was like a five, six years ago, and it's one of the hardest instruments I've ever tried to learn, but that's so cool. For real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So her deal is she, she calls herself a storyteller. During the 80s, she was kind of, you know, punk, you know, avant-garde performance artist, this, that, and the other. So I'm a fan. I followed her over time. And I saw, or I read an interview with her recently, you know, talking about all this stuff that's really, you know, bumming everyone out. And she said, this, this made me feel better, okay, because she's, she's an artist, you know, she's a successful artist, you know, it, it's like she's got it all figured out, right? Well, the first thing when she wakes up, she said that she feels this overwhelming sense of dread. And the way that she gets through that is she starts to read. She picks up a book and reads that particular day. I think that evening I, I went and I found my old English lit one Oh one book, you know, that's about like 15 inches thick, you know, (laughs) Um,
1: the,
0: the pages are so the pages are so thin. It's like, you know, a Bible, you know, there's so, (laughs) there's so much literature. There's so much literature in there. Oh, I started, I started, um, uh, reading out loud some T.S. Eliot to my husband.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I do know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> and did it help?
0: It did help. Yeah, because that's that's the thing about the human condition. It uh, it's still with us. We're still human. We're s- we're still dealing with these same feelings about our existence and worth. And so I got to, you know, I got to give it to the artists. We have to, I think during this time, um, where we're relying on the scientists, we're relying on the scientists, we're relying on the frontline workers, you know, including the folks in the restaurants, the grocery stores, we're relying we're relying on them to survive on a day-to-day basis and to get through this. And we the the artists are are will save our souls. How about that? Yep. They give us mental clarity every day. Yeah.
1: You know, as much clarity as possible, but
0: yeah. Um, I've seen it written more than once that what artists do is they they teach you they teach you how to deal with the human condition you know whether you whether you read a book listen to music see a play dance what have you
1: mm-hmm. yeah because yep. yep, without a, a really good functioning happy. Soul and brain and all of that I feel like what's the point of everything else exactly happy robot walking around yeah
0: which if you think if you think about our society before and I'm thinking about you know the constant pressure to cut funding to the arts Mm -hmm. I hope in the I hope in the post-covid world my my hope is in the post covid world that we celebrate that more and i i have a feeling a lot a lot more people are going to see that i think the same pressure is going to be there because because boo fight the power you know
1: okay.
0: um but i think there are a lot of pe- there are a lot of people getting getting more hip to it
1: i agree with that I didn't even think about that. I mean, I, I definitely have heard talk on to support artists right now because they're supporting us mm-hmm. by keeping us happy and going mentally. So that's a really good point. And I hope the same for the future.
0: Yeah. So I think we could both agree are, and I think you even said it, that our society has things backwards and we are, we are, sorely confused and okay let me let me put this out there because because you mentioned it let me put this out there okay um uh, hey i'm laying it out here gonna just lay it on the line here your inherent value doesn't depend on what you do
1: inherent is that just like
0: your inborn your inborn value as a human being.
1: Does and whoever <laughs> Sorry, can you I was like focused so hard on the word inherit that I was like, what does that mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'll say never never mind. <laughs>
1: No, or no. I'm cut this part out and then. Sort of. No,
0: I'm I'm te- I'm teasing because I was getting super serious, and uh-huh. you're like, "What did you say?" <laughs> <laughs> so what if I what if I told you? You ever see the Morpheus meme? What if I told you, like the Matrix? What if I told yeah. you that your value as a human being doesn't rely on what you do i can't hear you nodding at home sister i
1: know i I was (laughs) doing a dramatic pause (laughs) because i was like what do i want to (laughs) say all i can say is ouch that hurts (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's emotionally painful to think that
0: dang girl you know what? I'm coming at you. I'm coming at you from my um, uh, Buddhist perspective on that. I want to know. Do what? You
1: said you said you have you you asked the question based on the, your Buddha, Buddha perspective, or you're going to respond to that in your Buddhist? Is, I
0: cannot talk. Oh no, God. that is that is the Buddhist perspective. That is okay. Yeah, as I understand it not being the Dalai Lama, this is what I, this is what I have been taught.
1: So I feel like it will matter um, on some other level. Like there's got to be another part to that in the sense of like an optimistic version.
0: Well, there, well, yes, there is. Because what your true, what your inborn true nature is. And, you know, again, um, let's, Take, for for listeners take it or leave it okay um, so according according to Buddhism your your birthright is your what's called your Buddha nature which um, talking about your mind is clear limitless and compassionate I like that yeah. Well, I like it too. That's that's why I That's well, yeah. why that's why I do what I do. <laughs> but here's the thing, we're too confused to know it.
1: Because of society and all the other pressures that we face in an everyday life.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's one yeah, that's one way. Yeah. We have a we have a misunderstanding about what we truly are.
1: Now coming at you from I guess you could say an atheist perspective. I'm like over here, like, what is the real reason why we're even here? Because, you know, I do, I try to keep on the optimistic side of, you know, I wanna be a good person, I wanna follow the rules and I wanna live a fulfilled life for my own sake. But at the end of the day, what does it all matter?
0: What does it matter to you?
1: I, uh, there's days that I struggle with the fact that because I don't believe in anything higher that at the end of this I truly have no idea what to believe that some days I, I tend to find either, I don't support anything. And I am like, why am I doing all this? Or I find a comfort in a religion somewhere, but it's only fleeting usually it doesn't with mm-hmm. me. So that's where I do this for myself. At the end of the day, I feel like we are all we have, so I trust in myself to take care of myself and do the best I can for myself. And of course, I want a family and a life with other people, friends, family, whoever, to keep me from going insane by myself. But it's like, I feel like I am my own God because I am in control of what I'm doing on this planet Earth. But after this, who knows? but that's my perspective
0: that's your perspective and um and um you were talking about yourself but I've known you long enough that you are you are always um helping other people and I suspect that gives you a great deal of meaning
1: it does and that's where I feel like I get that from other religions, or maybe what was instilled in me as a child is to be kind to other people, and want. And I mean, I've always known I whatever I want to do in my life, I want to help people. I want to do something meaningful. So, but like, what is the main root of that? Where do I get that from? So, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: going
1: on off going off rails again.
0: At the at the end of the day, it doesn't matter.
1: No. Nope. <laughs> nothing matters. Whoa! You should definitely not put that in there. <laughs> this is becoming a therapy session.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I feel like I'm, am coming at you like um, some. I, I am not a Buddhist teacher. I am a, I am a Buddhist practitioner, and it's interesting because what, what you say about nothing matters. So. Buddhism uh, or the Buddhism, the Tibetan Buddhism that I have been taught uh, is sometimes referred to as the middle path because it's the, it's the path between nothing matters and between um, I am a soul that lives forever okay it's neither one or the other yeah kind of kind of reeling us back so yeah. what have we learned that nothing matters that's not that's not what i practice and believe yeah yeah no. in fact i believe everything matters that you do think and say
1: you're right <laughs> what do you you believe in me for (laughs) because that's so optimistic and good and i'm just over here like (laughs) the dark side (laughs) no i yeah no what i've learned today is that there's hope for the future and growth in our society and I have faith in the generations moving forward into creating a better version of the US. And I hope that people are utilizing this time to grow as a person and experience new things and be creative. Yeah.
0: And what if what if part of that growth is sitting and and actually feeling your emotions? Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: <laughs> but no big deal. They come and go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> NBD.
0: NBD. <laughs> hey, something that I've been, uh, or I guess, a concept that I've been digging lately. Did I did I tell you about? I told you about my flossing project. The
1: flossing my healthy,
0: yeah my my healthy gums project. Uh, because i, I, I don't always, know if
1: you told me that's what it was called but i, feel like <laughs> I knew that you were trying to floss every day
0: <laughs> yeah uh, hey trying i've been doing it girl oh yeah awesome. no bleeding gums here killing it and it's it's interesting because it's a habit right mm-hmm. and when when i was seeing patients And the topic of their doing their home exercise program would come up, you know, I would I would use the example of, hey, you got to brush your teeth every morning or you got to floss, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. to keep your keep yourself healthy in that way. So why not spend, you know, 15 minutes doing that. But something that's been, you know, how um, like, for example, you know, you buy a red car and then all of a sudden you notice like all the red cars in the city um mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah yeah okay so this whole this whole topic of performing small habits has been has been uh coming up repeatedly for me and i find it really interesting so not you know not just flossing um but also in that in that science of well being uh free class that i'm that i'm taking mm-hmm. Um, which I will, I will put the link to that on the, on the website for the viewers. Um, this course is the science of well-being. The professor is, I want to say her name is Santos, and she teaches out of Yale. This is a free online course, and she, she has a lot of things to say about well-being and happiness, and the psych and positive psychology. Okay, um, and what I find in- interesting is that research is showing that we as humans are really, really bad at predicting what's going to make us happy. Which I find I, I find kind of dismaying and hilarious at the same time, and it it also explains a lot of my life, you know. <laughs> and at the same time you can you can also develop habits to enhance your well-being for example practicing um you know practicing a random act of kindness um that that's my assignment for the week you know like doing one you know random act of kindness each day like writing down five writing down five things you're grateful for and i mean You know, it's like, that's, it's kind of that, you know, kind of relentless positivity that really gets under my skin. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she, she makes a pretty convincing argument that it's, it's something intentional that you do, which resonates with me as a Buddhist, um, because you, we, you know, set our, set our intentions to say, help people you know? Um, so you intentionally sit down to do this thing and it's a teeny tiny little habit. It takes you like five minutes to do and you see the benefit over time. That, that is the, that is the whole idea.
1: Correct. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And yeah, it will over time too. As you do that, you probably will find you don't need to maybe write it, but instead say it in your head or you believe it so much that you just live your life through it. At least for the writing five things that you're grateful for, for example. If you continue doing that, eventually you'll probably find that your mindset changes on it and you just naturally wake up and that you're like, you know what, everything's good. And like, I'm grateful for these things or you'll, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my thought on it. And I, I think that's really important in general for people, because we always complain about all the things we don't have versus saying all the things we do have.
0: Yeah. So my, and I know, I totally know that her course was developed before, before the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the things that I'm grateful for now, you know, I will, and she says, you know, write them down before you go to bed. Well, you know, kind of like Lori Anderson, you know, getting up in the morning and starting to read a book. I find it helpful to get up and write my five things in the morning. Um, so I'm grateful for things such as, hey, we still have internet. Hey, mm-hmm. we've, we have power. Hey, my my cat is fluffy. You know, that, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> Small things in life.
0: Small things in life. We got food in the fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, we're healthy. Um, yes. Yeah. So that, um, as far as, uh, as far as takeaway, you know, this, this whole discussion about, uh, productivity, we found that it's very pervasive in our society so much so that it's very uncomfortable to appear unproductive. And now that we're right now that we're on pause, it's, forcing us it's forcing us to deal with the thoughts and emotions um surrounding that that are coming up for those for the those of us who are you know sheltering at home you know um because i i do want to acknowledge you know (laughs) here's the thing it's like okay this this is gonna get me crying you know like the um 18 year old kids i see working at target you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but anyway um, you know, for for those of us who are at home, you know, we're relying we're relying on the on the doctors, the scientists, the CDC to get us through, get us through, um find a cure, find treatment, find a cure, and uh shout out to the artists for for helping us deal, and also to ourselves. For you know, set, setting the intention of what am I trying to say? Setting setting the intention of um, we would we would like our society to be better.
1: Very well said.
0: Well, thank you, ma'am. I wanted to I wanted to wrap things up and kind of leave folks with something since we're relying on the artists to help our spirits through this time and to help us build something better in the future. I would like to read a quote from the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn that Katrina introduced me to. Katrina, okay, can you set up the situa- this whole situation? Because if I just read the quote, it's going to be confusing for folks. So I'd like them to understand who Ishmael and his student are.
1: Sure. Yeah, so Ishmael is a gorilla who is a teacher and he teaches the student of the book, the narrator, who is no-named, and he, I guess you'd say, telepathically speaks to him. Um, it's not some funny circus book where the gorilla actually talks. He um, mentally corresponds with his student um, in, in silence. and However, the student talks back to him. But uh, Ishmael answers um, telepathically. Telepathically, yeah. Telepathically, yeah. And uh, he pretty much teaches the students about the student's world and kind of gets the student to solve the world's problems to an extent. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so with that, um, oh, and I I figured out uh, a place to start reading that kind of makes sense. Okay, so this, this is the student, okay, and he's asking Ishmael, and what do you teach? Okay, and Ishmael, he's a gorilla, so he's sitting in a room, and he's kind of nibbling on a, nibbling on a leafy branch, (laughs) looking at the guy, and at last, Ishmael says, on the basis of my history, what subject would you say I was best qualified to teach? And so the narrator blinks and tells him, I didn't know. Ishmael says, of course you do. My subject is captivity. Captivity. That's correct. I sat there for a minute. Then I said, I'm trying to figure out what this has to do with saving the world. Ishmael thought for a moment. Among the people of your culture which want to destroy the world, which want to destroy it. As far as I know, no one specifically wants to destroy the world. And yet you do destroy it. Each of you, each of you contributes daily to the destruction of the world. Yes, that's so. Why don't you stop? I shrugged. Frankly, we don't know how. And then Ishmael says, you're captives of a civilizational system that more or less compels you to go on destroying the world in order to live. Boom.
1: Boom shakalaka.
0: Boom shakalaka. This was this was published in 1992. Hashtag relevant.
1: Hashtag very 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 relevant. <laughs> Emphasize the very.
0: Yeah. All right. Um,
1: oh, I so, want to add with that. Yeah. The idea of this book too is if you do end up reading it, you want to pass it along to someone else so that they can start pondering the same thoughts. Because the only way to get our message across is to spread the word. So. Spread the I word. I really recommend this book.
0: Well, I'm enjoying it.
1: Good. It's I'm, got me thinking. And I shout out to my friend Sarah Scott for getting me involved in it.
0: Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been this has been our philosophical edition, um, our Shelter in Place philosophical edition of Medical Necessity, um, where we're helping to empower you mind, body, and spirit. So Saying saying goodbye from my shelter-in-place. This is Dr. Gina,
1: and saying goodbye from my shelter-in-place. This is Katrina,
0: and we will uh, we will be getting back with you here pretty soon with more. Oh, I think our next topic is health literacy.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Hmm.
1: This has been Medical Necessity with Katrina
0: and Dr. Gina.
1: And we want you to remember, if you find yourself in the flood of medical information, keep paddling, stay off the rocks, and thank you for joining us on the ride.